Welcome to African Insight, a weekly program that focuses on infrastructure projects across the African continent. Have they lived up to their promises? Who will benefit? How and more? All here on African Insight. Welcome to African Insight, a weekly show that brings you an assortment of notions on an array of infrastructure projects embarked upon on the African turf, all in the best interest of African development. Gravitation towards clean energy has culminated in various African states revising their energy mix with a will to minimize costs, amplify natural resource dependability, and attain surplus electricity. One leading economy in the western part of Africa boasting a capable energy mix is Nigeria. What are the dynamics of Nigeria's power and energy sector? In the background of projects that reek of conflict, we also want to know what makes Nigeria's power and energy sector thrive. What makes it tick? With us on the show to unveil the complexities and the intricacies surrounding the sector from Nigeria are Ahmad Damsida and Olushun Apolorun. Ahmad is a techno-commercial advisor to mainly large corporations in the energy and energy infrastructure segments of the energy industry under a company called Energy Culture Limited, which covers the entire hydrocarbon energy value chain and the electricity market. Olusuan is a senior electrical engineer for Power China Wadong and energy and power systems analyst. Ahmad and Olusuan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hi, Derek. Thank you. To get us started, Ahmad, describe Nigeria's energy mix, how it has developed over the years, and where is it going? What kind of infrastructure are we talking about, respectively, in oil, gas, hydro, and solar sectors? Well, as you know, the bedrock of Nigeria's energy development has been fossil fuel. Sometime uh, 2005, uh, 2007, um, we started to look at, um, you know, other other uh, uh, sources. Now, in between, in between, we had, of course, tapped into hydro, but uh, this is because um, hydro, uh, at the point of our uh, revolution, or uh, what would I say? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. transformation into uh, a republic. We had inherited some of these from uh, the colonial masters. And after we became a republic, uh, contracts were issued to build hydro dams to support mainly uh, electricity and agriculture. Now, when I said fossil, I meant fossil in the real sense of it. So initially it was the coal power plants, then subsequently after uh, oil became viable, 
and affordable in terms of the discoveries made, we started to utilize fuel oil as you know a mainstay. And gradually, as the uh, venting or emissions of gas from the oil and gas uh, production activities became severe, we started to monetize and commercialize our gas uh, resources. Um, the country being an oil and gas or a hydrocarbon producer um, has encountered the situation where natural gas occurs as a byproduct of oil production in most cases. This is in the case of associated gas. So this is the gas that is drilled or that comes out from the same well as oil. Mm -hmm. Now, rather than commercialize it, most producers in the past uh, found, I would say, found it economical or uh, easier to vent it out or re-inject to enhance more production of oil uh, rather than commercialize and utilize for uh, energy purposes or as a useful energy merchandise. The advent of renewables has um, largely, uh, I wouldn't say displaced anything, but has brought about the awareness that nature can actually play a role in the mix. Uh, nature can play a role, uh, I mean, the, the closest part of nature, which is, you know, the sun and, and uh, the wind right, can play a role in the mix. And this role uh, goes beyond just having to provide electricity uh, for lighting or for homes. It, it, it is supporting economic activities in the area of um, small, medium, micro scale type, you know, um, operations or businesses, uh, consumer type services. Wind, wind is really not uh, advanced in the country yet. So people have it in their country homes, uh, maybe a few of these blades, but none of the large wind projects exist per se. One was commissioned uh, somewhere up north uh -huh. um, in Casino. Yeah, that's uh, 13 megawatts or so. Uh, you know, a quite small farm, um, nothing uh, productive uh, per se, in, in the sense that it isn't uh, serving the purpose that wind would ordinarily serve for hydro. Um, what has happened over the years is um, our hydro plants have not served their purpose. Um, so they were initially contracted uh, earlier in our um, formation as a country or as an independent country and a lot of the plants that have been contracted today or that were built at the time have not really performed uh, optimally because I think the hydro plants are currently performing uh, um, at maybe 60-70% capacity the uh, reason why is because first they went obsolete and uh, reliability 
declined because they were owned and operated by the government until 2012, 2013, when they got privatized. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, new ones have been built. Two new ones have been built, large plants. One is the Mambila power plant, and the second is the Zungeru power plant. Um, Nigeria operates a very um, unusual type of energy uh, supply structure. Unusual in the sense that if I own a cement plant today, I would likely not de- never depend on um, electricity from utility. If I own a petrochemical plant, same thing. Of course, it makes sense for a petrochemical plant, being that you know the raw material is, is natural gas in most cases, right? And in that in that case, yes. So petrochemical is out. But a cement plant would want to build uh, an in-house IPP. So most industries or most manufacturing concerns in the country have an IPP department or engage a third party to provide captive power uh-huh. as their mainstay, meaning the base load. Olison? In terms of uh, infrastructure development, there are plans ongoing. Uh, uh, the federal government is uh, through all their subsidiaries. They're building a power plant in Abuja. That's by, uh, by NNPC. That's uh, it sizes, the capacity is at 1350 megawatts. It's also going to be a gas fire plant then also by uh, N- NDPHC, which is another subsidiary of the government, to build 2,100 megawatts gas fire plant in the southeastern part of the country. That's also we added to the uh, national grid. Then uh, there's also plans ongoing with hydro. Uh, the Mambila project does to have uh, 3050 megawatts, uh, 3,350 uh, megawatts. Uh, that is 3,050 megawatts to the national grid from hydro. It's the Mambila project. It's, uh-huh. uh, I think it's uh, still uh, in pipeline as well. Then uh, on solar, there are also uh, plans ongoing to integrate uh, to have uh, 1,200 megawatt capacity of uh, power from solar to national grid. They are at the negotiation stage, that's the PPA stage. Then uh, that's uh, that's to do with the generation. Then in terms of the infrastructure for the generation, like the pipeline, that is the Ajakuta Kaduna Kano pipeline. It's a 614 kilometer, 40 inches pipeline uh, to transport gas, which will support almost 3600 megawatt capacity of generation. Uh, it's uh, the government, uh, the, the president of the country, flagged up the construction that uh, that's early this year. Mm-hmm. So we, we believe that uh, once that uh, in the coming year, it will also uh, get going in terms of work done. Thank you for that. How effective is this infrastructure in the supply of electricity in Nigeria and in other African countries? Olison? So with regards to the effectiveness of the infrastructure, uh, like I said, plans are ongoing to upgrade uh, to uh, to upgrade the existing and uh, to also uh, build greenfield uh, infrastructure from gas pipeline to support uh, gas oil and gas fire plants then also to uh, then also in terms of uh, transmission uh, 
uh, though we have been we experiencing collapse, grid collapse for some time frequently because of the, uh, the ineffectiveness uh, yeah, of, of, the, of the national grid infrastructure. So that ends the need for the upgrade that the federal government is embarking on with, in, in partnership with Siemens in Germany. Uh, then distribution also, likewise, it's uh, also we have uh, issues also too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cut across uh, the capacity also, and also the status and the performance of the infrastructure of the distribution end because we have 11 distribution companies across the country. So uh, work are also ongoing due to the inability of the uh, of the distribution company to also uh to get a very good uh atc and silosis their collection performance is very low so they d- due to that the in- the need for the upgrade of their infrastructure so building of uh, expansion of the existing substations the lines building of new new lines and all are in, are in place also to achieve uh, reliable and efficient uh, power supply mm-hmm. Rate and explain the distribution, the quality, the quantity, and the accessibility of electricity in Nigeria, considering both the urban and rural areas. What are the limitations of Nigeria's power sector? How can this be resolved? Ahmed? You know, the distribution is part of that segment that was privatized by the government sometime in 2013. Mm-hmm. Right, 2011, 2013, that period. And this was done on the back of the act I mentioned, the ESPRA. Uh, so you have, for example, the um, uh, Ikeja uh, distribution company, the Echo distribution company, these two exist in Lagos. You have the Ibadan distribution company, which operates and is based in Ibadan, but covers... Uh, most of the southwestern uh, cities and states in Nigeria. Going to the south-south, you have the Benin Electricity Distribution Company, which catered for one part of the south-south, previously the old Midwestern Nigeria. Then you have the Port Harcourt Distribution Company. Of course, Port Harcourt is the um, oil capital of Nigeria. So the energy activities within Nigeria have um, their, would I say, shoulders mm-hmm. in Port Harcourt. They have their feet in Wari, which is Delta, but their shoulders in Port Harcourt. Shoulders in Port Harcourt meaning most of the decisions were taking or the planning was done uh, around Port Harcourt. Uh, most of the operational activities took place in Wari. Uh, sometime 2007 to 2019, of course, the um, decision-making came back to Lagos due to the uh, unrest that existed at, at the time uh, militancy uh, uh, unrest against the oil um, establishments. Mm-hmm. Today, the system operates a variety of models. So there's the straight normal uh, supply from the utility where you know they feed into your house and you have your pay-as-you-go metering system and you know you buy your cards, you recharge and so on. 
So yes, uh, do you get the quality? Yes, you get the quality for the time the power is available. For the time the power is not available, can you anticipate it? No, it is usually not anticipatable. So meaning there isn't prior notice when power goes out. Um, of late, they, 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 there's been a lot of improvement and what has brought about this improvement. So the distribution companies have started investing money because initially they bought over these assets and recognized the fact that um, the distribution assets had um, some other issues, more like structural issues that um, were, were, were not seen at the point of due diligence. And what are these structural issues? So first and foremost, um, high level of power theft, due to bypassing, uh, mm-hmm. poor uh, uh, enumeration of customers, meaning so you, you didn't really um, have an accurate data of the number of people within your settlement, or you had the data, but um, you, didn't, you had the data based on the network connected to various cities or within various cities or areas within cities, but um, the number of paying customers wasn't uh, you know available uh, in data form. Olusun, which projects in various electricity supply entities are underway, and how bankable are the projects? Where does Nigeria get most of its capital to finance such projects? To what extent is indebtedness a hindrance for the Nigerian economy and other African economies? So uh, there are projects ongoing from uh, across the three value chain, that is from generation to transmission to distribution. So for generation, the NNPC uh, secured a grant from USDA to build the uh, uh, 1,350 megawatt capacity of gas fire plant in Abuja. Then also the, US, uh, the ND PHC, this is another subsidiary of the federal government, also planning to build a 2,000 megawatt of gas fire plant in southeastern Nigeria. Then federal government also is, is uh, through federal Ministry of Power, it's also planning to build hydropower plant, Mambila, which is the uh, 3,050 megawatt capacity of hydropower plant uh, in Nigeria, that's in, uh, in Nigeria. Then also we have uh, uh, 14 solar IPPs, uh, aggregated uh, capacity of 1,200 megawatts. Mm-hmm. Uh, megawatt capacity being integrated in the grid. So these are projects ongoing. Well, uh, so far, I, I think if this uh, the, the 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 project are viable, uh, okay, are good. But the issue is uh, uh, it's it's the evacuation infrastructure. So it's one thing to build power plants is another thing to be able to put them on commercial operation. So if, 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 I think the first approach, the first thing the federal government has to do it, is to start with the evacuation infrastructure. Why not build the infrastructure that will make this plant uh, put in place uh, modality or policies or, or project plan that will, uh, that, will, that will initiate the construction of uh, evacuation infrastructure that will make this plant to be commercially operational. Because it's one thing to build this plant, another thing for the infrastructure to evacuate the power to be available. So from mm-hmm. experience, we have a lot of power plants sitting idle because there's no evacuation infrastructure. To what degree are local firms dependent upon the power sector and in what capacity? State the multiplier effect of having a stable power supply of electricity. Ahmed? Now, it depends on how you see it. 
like I mentioned earlier, a lot of local companies, right? Depending on the size of these companies and what they do. So most manufacturing concerns in the country uh, have this comfort in providing their own power. So they are self-producers of electricity for themselves, right? Uh, do they send the excess into the grid? No, we don't have that structure, even though now it exists uh, in law, but, but practically um, it isn't uh, you know, implementable. So uh, they generate their own electricity. Uh, most estates, residential estates are having to do that. Uh, so they, they, there's uh, popularity in central power. Uh, there is also the coming up of uh, distributed generation, uh, captive power generation is what happens at the estates and as well uh, industrial clusters. Mm -hmm. So the, the dependence on the utility um, is 50-50. Of course, some depend on the utility because the utility now has a program that allows them to uh, charge the manufacturing concerns a premium and supply the electricity. Right, uh, rather than have wastage in the system, they would rather they would deploy the uh, excess supply that cannot be distributed due to obsolete nature of the equipment or the system, or the the um, incapacity of some of the regions within the distribution network. Mm -hmm. to for the electricity. Olusun, what are the roles of PPPs and the civil society in influencing fair pricing policies and an effective regulatory framework? Which energy sectors are difficult to regulate and how? How can these problems be mitigated or circumvented? Public-private uh, partnership uh, has really gone a long way to help develop the energy sector. Now we have the independent power plants. So we have, it's a, some, it's a, yeah, some of them are collaboration between the government and, uh, and investors. So, uh, which has really helped to, to develop most of the power plant and infrastructure. Also like the gas, uh, the gas pipelines are being built also in PPP. Uh, the government also do it, uh, they have part in funding, then we have private funding investors. So it's it's very important. There are key orders, there are stake, key stakeholders in design in designing and deciding the pricing. Uh, when there are when there are investments into project, the development of projects. So it helps to regulate the pricing. It helps to determine the pricing. It helps to regulate the direct. Uh, also help. It also gives a, a, an opportunity for input mm -hmm. into the regulatory framework that will help to determine what are the prices are in terms of the tariff for gas in terms of tariff for, uh, for the electricity from the generation side to transmission side to distribution side and also to end user, uh, the, the consumer. So it's, they, 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 do, they go a long way to make available these infrastructures that helps to better the lives of citizenry, that helps to provide accessible, reliable and constant power supply that helps to develop to ease uh, the standard of living and also to improve the economy. Of the country, so PPP is is a very important uh, uh, aspect of our energy development sector in Nigeria, mm -hmm. and Nigeria is really working hard on that.
the most uh, difficult sector to regulate has to do with the oil and gas. Uh, so there's a lot of bureaucracy. It's still 100% government. So it's you know it's it's, it's a bit tough. So government uh, or, or government is also uh, is also part of the uh, uh, competitor and it's also the regulator. So uh, you know it's it's difficult. You can't be a reg an umpire and still be a player. Ahmed renewable energy uh, versus oil and gas which is the future for you in terms of feasibility in the oil and gas sectors how is employment created and in what proportions okay so renewable energy versus fossil based or hydrocarbon based uh, electricity i'll tell you renewable has the issue of reliability as much as we all want to save the planet and you know um, utilize what is so free uh, and less stressful to tap solar reliability anytime it's past 6 p.m you know radiation drops and of course you need the battery to store and the battery is meant to have uh, stored all the time that uh, the sun was out or the radiation was high so the battery stores that energy and discharges back so um, reliability wise you know of course uh, people combine solar and hydro for um, uh, what would i say um, uh, better reliability but here we've not done it um, of course uh, the, the, there's a power pl- a hydropower plant that's considering that sort of arrangement mm-hmm. you know so that it can serve as um, a, a better uh, uh, supply mix you know to enhance reliability so so for renewables there is a question of reliability um, if you have optimality in supply then renewables uh, the energy sources become easy to, 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 to depend on. Uh, employment has been mostly locals. Uh, of course, with the generation companies, initially they had the O&M contracting done by foreign entities. Uh, after a while, technology transfer took place. So a lot of the locals um, that were initially engaged to operate and maintain plants are beginning to do so. Uh, General Electric, for example, uh, had um, plan to open a training school here. Uh, They've been arranging a lot of training for uh, the local manpower. So for the uh, generation companies, it's fine. The distribution companies have all been under, you know, local local, uh, people. So there's local capacity to handle distribution. Mm -hmm. Transmission as well. Um, Most of the contracting uh, is, is done by locals. Of course, a few foreign entities handle that as well. And what they do is they um, uh, either subcontract or employ local people to execute. We are going to take a quick break. And when we return, we zoom in on human capital development, remote areas, tariffs, policies, and regional integration through power and energy. Join us after the break. This is African Insight on Channel Africa DSTV 802. Join me, Derek Mazarura, as we journey through the structure beneath the structure, northeast, west, south, and central Africa to find the project, the meaning with the people for the people. Every Wednesday mornings at 8, regional, national, sub-national, 
from Morocco's North Africa power transmission corridor to the eco-villages in Togo, among many, all here on African Insight Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Ahmed and Olushan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Derek, for having me back on the show. Thank you very much. And if you're just joining us, we are in the middle of the appraisal of power and energy in Nigeria. Describe how women and the youth can be integrated into capacity development and sustainable management and utilization of energy infrastructure. Ahmed? Okay, so, so now, if you look at the gender um, requirements or gender participation in Nigeria, we have cut the train and we're not letting go. Why? Because we've seen the value um, affirmative action around women engagement. If you look at the, in the power sector, for example, one of the discos, uh, in fact, I think uh, two or three of the discos, uh, distribution companies, have women driving them, mm -hmm. right? You have Ikeja Disco driven by a woman. You have Benin Disco driven by a woman. And I think one more disco. But of, a fair number of them have women in decision-making position. And what have we learned from that? First and foremost, the Nigerian complexity requires patience. And this we've seen in our women. A lot of them have proven that they are able to... Mm -hmm scientifically provide a solution listen uh, women and youth plays a long uh, role in terms of energy demand and energy utilization so that's one of the reasons why they have to be integrated into the conceptualization of renewable energy of the energy sector because uh, raw data and real data has been gotten from them they are the major users they are the major users so uh, women at home, women entrepreneurs, youth are entrepreneurs. So they, they have uh, an understanding of their utilization, what they need in terms of energy capacity, so an energy demand. This will help them to make inputs to contribute as stakeholders in the implementation of the processes of plans of the, uh, concerning the development of power plants, the energy sector, what mm -hmm. kind of energy do we use, what kind of technology do we use? What is most appropriately? What are the challenges we've been facing? So this will help to develop uh, risk mitigation also in terms of the risk, in terms of uh, the issues, in terms of barrier. So to help you to, uh, to plan ahead. Ahmed, does Nigeria have the capacity to be self-sufficient in order to reduce imports and boost local products by embracing industrialization and supporting SMMEs? Which other sectors are worth looking into for Nigeria to be competitive internationally? Okay, so you see, we have, we have over the last 30 years or 35 years talked about diversification of our economy. Why? Because initially we were uh, an agro-commodity-based economy, then gradually we became oil. Uh, we've always been mono-economy operated as a country. Now, we were never 
in in a position to uh, have the two run parallel so we dropped uh, agriculture and picked up oil now that 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 created a problem so today uh, a lot of policies and processes uh, are being put in place rightly wrongly uh, haphazardly uh, some uh, indifferent in mm-hmm. my personal opinion i believe the step to take as to first understand sectors of comparative advantage now once we understand them we can look at how to choose the best one and integrate with the energy industry so i have a paper uh, which is basically the synergy between agriculture and the energy industry now what does that paper say it it talks about the fact that agriculture can be a driver for the energy industry rather than the energy industry being a driver for agriculture olison uh what well, at the moment nigeria is not self sufficient uh we still need uh, importation uh, because we are not we hardly manufacture anything our economy is a consuming economy not a manufacturing economy so uh we need importation also but at the moment at, at the same time also we need to develop infrastructure So like I said we have a lot of industries that have moved away from Nigeria because there are no constant power supply because the cost of operation is very high some of them have moved to Ghana and which is uh, as a repeat shift in our economy so if uh, if the plants are working if there is constant supply of electricity i believe we have infrastructures mm-hmm. we have products we have self sufficiency of what we import so we can also become an exporter instead of being an importer alone our rural areas important when it comes to rural electrification efforts and can remote areas be viewed as potential emerging markets ahmed yes uh, so there's a program in place uh, by the rural electrification agency where they have a target supported by the world bank and a couple of the international multilateral and development financial institutions now that program has has done uh, a lot has done a lot i mean it uh, it was started by the lady currently at um, the sustainable uh, energy for all of uh, the un yeah uh, she started it she laid the foundation very very good uh, um, uh, progress made uh, now it's it's also been run by a very professional young fella you know he's uh, been able to see and 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 uh mm-hmm. develop what it takes to harmonize previous efforts or to to concretize previous efforts and and this this is quite um expansive because they go into rural communities uh, operating on a one 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 house one solar one roof one solar panel you know uh, two solar three solar panels uh, pay as you go systems they have different programs and this is operated by the uh, rural electrification agency and that has really brought about a lot of economic activities they have also extended this mm-hmm. to markets Ahmed, how do tariff regulations affect the performance of the Nigerian economy and how can these be altered to engage producers and investors even more? Investors have also uh, of recent 
concentrated a lot on trade flows. So they they come, uh, the portfolio type investors, they come in with millions, billions, play in the stock market. When the currency is about to take a swipe, uh, they, they convert and run away. Now this this uh, also not portfolio investors and not and not uh, proper investors. Of course, they create liquidity, uh, FX liquidity into the market, but that's that's not that's that the impact they 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 have in the market isn't isn't that right? Um, the type of investors a country like Nigeria would like to see and would need as the type that would basically identify an opportunity either through co-investing with the locals or uh, a, a multi-investor you know, uh, uh, type club, mm-hmm. you know, and they identify this opportunity, come in, um, have funds uh, imported into the country uh, through uh, very legal means. Uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria has that. Of course, you you register your money. You come in when you're going out. The money money uh, goes out as dividends or uh, you know uh, loan repayments. It's quite straightforward. So, the type of investors are those that are looking at capital projects, uh, capital projects of commercial and developmental benefit. Ahmed, where do you see the Nigerian economy in terms of the provision of electricity locally and around Africa? How does Nigeria's energy sector aid regional integration and the harmonization of such key utilities as ECOWAS and WAP? Okay, so 10 to 15 years, um, because of the economic activities of the past, right? So if you look at the uh, periods when Nigeria had sanctions placed on her during the military dictatorship and so on. Um, And if you look at the the leap between 1999 and what we have today, which is about 20 years, right? If you look at the advancement, the transformation has been huge. Mm -hmm. Um, I see the next 10 to 15 years as almost an equal type of leap. Ahmad and Olishan, thank you for affording us your time. Thank you, Derek, uh, for having me on this show. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity and the privilege. Uh, it, it's, a, it's been a wonderful conversation and experience so far. Uh, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. In conclusion, I like to say that uh, the energy sector, in terms of infrastructure uh, development in Nigeria, it's evolving. And uh, in coming years, uh, we hope to see a tremendous and significant uh, improvement uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of the efficiency, in terms of the availability, in terms of access. Ahmed? I hope to one day, as part of uh, my future plans, set up the um, African Resource Renaissance. Now, what would this Resource Renaissance do? It would basically uh, improve the thinking of African leaders to see that their resources are not exploited and exported without minimum beneficiation. So you can't come to Africa and mine and ship out what you've mined. They must, you must beneficiate here locally. Uh, if not, your tax will be different. This way, mm-hmm. it discourages the export because what really kills 
Africa is the extraction and exportation of what has been extracted, right? So we would create, as part of the uh, Continental Tra Free Trade Agreement, uh, if we're not careful, uh, the, 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 the exploitation would, would probably grow more. So if we don't come and enlighten African leaders to say, listen, henceforth, no more borrowing money. Borrow money against your, the reserves you have of your assets. You own the reserves of all your natural resources. So if you have a gold mine, Ghana, for example, or a diamond mine, I mean, look at Kimberley in South Africa. Why should South Africa borrow on her balance sheet when Kimberley, Kimberley mine has a reserve, right? Of course, it's owned, it's owned by the government. It is operated by a private entity. So what you do is you, you uh, securitize the reserves mm -hmm. and borrow against these reserves rather than you borrow, you know, uh, 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 against other things that, that uh, you know, put you, I mean, issuing bonds and so on. You know, this, this doesn't help Africa. We have come to the end of our show, yet this is only the beginning for Africa. The dream is still new. Africa wants to be self-sufficient and you can be part of that dream. Not only by dreaming the dream together with us, but also sharing the dream by daring to dream that one day Africa will make things right and make her dreams come true. For doing it right is the African way. Join me again next week same time as we explore the structure beneath the structure right here on African Insight. My name is Derek Mazarura and it's bye for now.